Hey there! I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review the Asian comedy Joyride, discuss season two of The After Party, and rewind some of our past movie ratings. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around! Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome in to another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And Jade, I've got some uh, great news. Ooh, what's Based that? on our review from last week, Barbie, oh. the CEO of Mattel. Will Ferrell? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> it's, he, it really should. I, I should have just said that. Will Ferrell. Yeah. His name is. Jan Kreitz, I believe, is his name. Oh, okay. Yep. He didn't exactly confirm this, according to a report from Deadline, uh, Jane, mm-hmm. but he did indicate that there is more coming and that a sequel is in the conversation. Fascinating. Yep. So he said they are in early talks okay. about a sequel. Hmm. Curious. What? What would that look like? I know. Cause Do you think it would be Barbie in the real world? At least the one Barbie in well, the real like, world. That's what I'm thinking. It's like maybe it's like following her journey as a human and navigating those waters, maybe? Return to Barbie land? I don't know. He he goes on to say in his quote, he goes, he goes, for brands, he goes, we operate in an industry where everyone is looking for these moments in terms of brand. For these cultural events, and when they happen, they don't happen that often, we expect the brand to continue to grow, and we expect more opportunities in the area of content, not just this film, but television and other areas. Are they paying people appropriately to do that? I, I well, mm. I mean, mm. I will say, they did fork over the money, I would imagine, for Barbie. I mean, they hired Greta Gerwig, they got Margot Robbie, they got sure, Ryan Gosling. Sure, I'm talking about when... There's something that's this level. I'm thinking of all of the marketing departments, the graphic ah. designers, the people that had to push everything that went out for these brand deals, these collaborations. That I would hope so. You know what I mean? Like I, I will say, like I would love to see a case study in oh, marketing for Barbie. A hundred percent. Absolutely, the collaborations they had for this. Insane. Amazing. Insane. Like, yeah, I think absolutely this should be a case study for anyone who's interested in marketing, especially branding and and things like this and advertising. Like, this was such a fascinating case. And I want to see, like, how much they spent and then how much of that also, like, went, like, what was the labor cost? I'd also like to see what was grassroots, like, what just happened organically. Yep. And what, what was, was paid for and what, you know. like, who reached out to who? Like, exactly. Were these brands being like, hey, we know Barbie's really big right now. We want in on it. Or was it Barbie reaching out saying. I'm even talking about like some of the trends we started seeing on social media. You know, how much of that was planted by paid. Oh, right. You know, like, um, you know content creators mm-hmm. and how much just started happening. Like, yeah. I mean, I, one of the cultural phenomena I always think about, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, marketing and PR now because this is what we like to talk <laughs> about in, in our uptime. Yeah. But. You know, you think about things like the Grimace shake that happened for McDonald's. None of that was planned. Like, no one, no one from McDonald's no. said, hey, we're going to do this really dark, fucked up thing about our Grimace shake, and it's going to be really <laughs> edgy and cool. Like, no one in a boardroom said that. No, absolutely You know, like, not. the branding for the Grimace shake was, la- like, no one, I saw some of the original content, and it was trash. Like, no of one course. wanted to do that. No. But they benefited because a bunch of people were like, hey, we got because this funny idea. the public is smarter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I'd be, it, it'd be interesting, but I'm excited. Like if, oh, yeah. I think if they continue to invest and support artists like Greta Gerwig. Yes. Doing these things. Yeah. Th- there's a great interview, Jade. You'll appreciate this. I, I think I sent it to you from Will Ferrell. He's being interviewed on the red carpet. This is mm-hmm. pre-writers, pre-sag strike. But they asked him about being a part of this project. And he goes, you know, what's funny. I read the script when it was sent over to me and he goes, I thought it was something that was a draft that Mattel hadn't seen yet. (laughs) He goes, I was like, oh, this would be a really great movie. I hope that 
Mitchell, like, like they Mitchell approve agrees it. Yeah. to it. And they're like, no, no. And she's like, I talked to Greta. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, they're in. And he, she, he goes, what? He goes, <laughs> I thought this was a really fun, funny movie that, like, would never get made. Yes, and then they yeah. told me that. And she's like, absolutely, I want to be a part of it. Like, yes. Of like, course. Just tell me what you want me to do. And I yeah, will be I'll a part of this. Up. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, to think that. I mean, that's yeah, just forward I'm thinking also by a brand. Surprised how much got approved by Mattel considering absolutely. the content. But, like, that's. Again, like that's like that's smart forward thinking of, you know, it's not about this whole like brands I think get so scared sometimes to like even think outside the box or even poke fun at themselves or show their flaws. Especially legacy brands. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Versus Mattel took this movie and pointed out their flaws and said, hey, you know what? We kind of fucked up sometimes, but that's okay because people fuck up. And like, you know. And I think they... They, I think they did two things in this, which mm-hmm. is hard to do for a brand that's been around. I mean, what? Since the 50s? 75 years? Like 50? They've been around 70, almost 70 years, yeah, 70, right? Like yeah, that. like almost 75 years, yeah. I think they both stayed true to the legacy that they wanted to stay true to. Yeah. While simultaneously trying to move the brand forward. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, something hard to do with a company with that much legacy and that yes. much... That, that's that ingrained in American culture or just culture in general yeah you know and even just saying again that, that idea of like hey look like this was always what it was supposed to represent but we didn't always hit the mark and yeah. like but we're trying and like I think that's okay to be like you know what like brands who try are better than brands who don't I and mean so like the mere fact that they even brought back dolls and product that had been just laid yeah. off like yeah. Alan like, like bring back Alan bring back Skipper Midge like, Midge yeah, yeah. The growing oh, not Skipper, up Midge Skip- I'm sorry I'm not that into the Barbie Lord well thing growing say, but, like, up Skipper they yeah. did a little mention too but. but it's funny because obviously there was backlash and reasons why some of those characters or dolls were discontinued and yeah. for them to bring them back and even to poke fun at them yes that's that's amazing for a brand to do. I mean, absolutely, so, especially calling out Ruth Handler um, being arrested for tax evasion. <laughs> incredible. I mean, I'm not going to say that. Obviously, this is also a money grab for them because they're going to sell a billion dollars with the fucking dolls. Yeah. But I think the way they did it was smart, and I think what they're doing is really thinking about their future customers, not just the ones that they had or right. had in the past. And taking risks, also like in this political climate currently yeah. you know what i mean to be basically be like yeah but i like, think it's a smart risk but i think it well, is too did. i think it's gonna pay off because like ultimately they know who they want their audience to be mm-hmm. and they know that these people will come through for them as a brand you know you this is what you want your consumers to to follow you to to purchase your product like to be involved and they they knew that they were marketing to mattel them. please hire me yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway jade you had a great idea this yes. week and as, as you always, as, yeah, thank you. And, and, you know, yeah, <laughs> your your idea, Barbie. <laughs> yeah. What is this phrase in that in the movie? Uh, I deserve this. Yeah, I deserve. I, this. I deserve this. Yeah, every time they get the Nobel Prize, <laughs> I deserve this. Absolutely, which is actually great. Anyway, we because you you take better notes and records than I do of our show. <laughs> That's and you said something that just absolutely shocked me, and it was some of the ratings that you had given mm-hmm. some of our past movies that we've reviewed and it made me question mm-hmm. the ratings that I had given some of the movies because like yes I'll be honest Jade 90% of the time we'll have these episodes and I immediately forget everything we've talked about oh, as soon as we turn off the mics I do too I which remember. is why I take meticulous notes because <laughs> it's literally as soon as it comes out of my mouth it's gone but what I did, because we're both uh, like the, this type of person, I had to go to the actual record, which was the actual recordings when Jade was going through her notes, and we found some shocking discoveries. <laughs> Not only did we sometimes think that we had the opposite ratings, but sometimes each one of us had a different rating than we thought the other person had. Oh my had. God, yes. This is mind-blowing. So I'm, I'm going to dive right in. So we're going to do a rewind for this episode and go back to some previous ratings that we now believe should either be upgraded mm-hmm. or downgraded. Yes, so absolutely. I'm going to start right off. We're going to go all the way back to episode six. <laughs> this, we reviewed The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. 2021 version. 2021 version. Idris Elba, <laughs> Margot Robbie, well, Margot Robbie was in both of them, but that doesn't really help anyone. Yeah, John Joel Kinnaman, Johnson, oh yeah. Anyway, Jane, you rated this movie a treasure. I did. 
Do you stick by that? I do. And you know what's so funny is I looked back at my notes and I had written down gym. So I actually thought I was wrong because I was going to upgrade it. I was like, that's wild. I can't believe I rated a gym. And then when we did a little listen, I said in the episode treasure but you I rated it a gem. You rated it a gem. And you know what's funny is I listened back to the episode and I was like, oh, I am obviously going to give a justification for why I am not <laughs> rating this a treasure. And I give no explanation. I even say that I'll probably rewatch it. And you know what? Yes. I have rewatched this movie. I think I've watched it three or four times now. I watched it at least additional time on HBO since we reviewed this movie. Yes. And I think I watched it on a plane too. I think I downloaded yeah. it and watched it on the plane. I rewatched it. I think like right when Peacemaker came out, and yes. then I think I watched it again after the show ended. This absolutely holds up. This movie, it is easily one of the best movies in the DC universe. Like no question absolutely. about it. Absolutely. This is a treasure, and I want to apologize for my previous <laughs> rating because this movie is an absolute treasure. And until James Gunn proves me differently with anything else he creates. This is a treasure. Yeah, same. Yeah. Whew. I know. We got, we got past that. That's crazy. <laughs> Actually, another one. I think it's some of our early days where we really just went back and forth here because I want to bring up a second mm. rewind going okay. all the way back to the single digits again, Jade. And this has to do with the film. This is right when we got done with our, was it the series of movies? Yeah, Fear Street. Ver- Fear Street. Yeah. And we decided to do Gunpowder Milkshake, which mm-hmm. is, let me get her name wrong. Carla, Karen, Karen Gillan. Jujiana. Uh, Carla. Carla. Yeah. Jujiana. That's her name, right? You're throwing me off. Is that her name? Is that Gugino. how you say it? Damn it. I knew it. Anyway, so Gunpowder Milkshake, was a, it was an entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll give it that. And I rated it where I thought was appropriate. It was rated a shelf. And I was, and I said, you know yeah. what? I haven't watched it again since then. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But if someone was like, would you watch Gunpowder Milkshake? I'd be like, if you throw it on, like, would you be mad at it? Sure, do it. Yeah. Jade, you. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. You made this a gem. I did. You know what it was? And what I think is because I looked back and what we watched right before this was Fear Street 1666, which we rated as trash. And I think it was just such a nice departure from that. I was like... Oh, that movie was fucking horrible. It was horrible. so bad. So by the time I watched Gunpowder Milkshake, I was like, oh, this is so much better. Movies can be entertaining again. Yeah, I was like, this is refreshing. And I think I was like, yeah, it's a gem. But now, where I'm at now, having watched the film, having watched other things, I'm like, it's a shelf. I don't know if I'll return to it again. Like, if I did... It just like, didn't go far enough. No. Yeah. And, you know, I... Yeah, I can't believe I rated it a gym. I was so bold. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think we were both in a place where we just wanted. I I may even downgrade it to a trash, but I don't think it was that bad. For it wasn't terrible. Like it's, it's just, watchable. It's fun. Mid. Yeah, very yeah. Mid. mid. Shelf is appropriate. I I need to take a pause here. This is not just silence for silence' sake. I just I I don't know what happens in this next one. Going to episode forty, Jade. <laughs> This was a movie. I still think about this movie today. I still, I still quote think it. About, <laughs> I do. I quote very few movies post Anchorman, and this is one of the movies I feel like I still quote. It's the Lost City. Is what we reviewed in episode forty. Yeah, Jade. We I- both are equally guilty here. <laughs> we rated this not a gem, Jade. A shelf. A shelf. It's just that's Why? wild. I have no idea. What I, th- were we I thought doing? that too. I was like, were we having like a bad week or something? We saw this in theaters. We went together to see yes. this in theaters. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember leaving the theater and we were like laughing. We were joking about all the like funny things that yeah. they were saying. And um, yeah, like I, I have no idea because literally as soon as it was free on like Amazon Prime or whatever, I went back and rewatched it. And I've they, also watched this movie again. And I think they added it to Netflix. And as soon as they added it to Netflix, I was like, mm, are you watching? Lost City. Lost City. Yeah. I, yeah. So this is, for me, I'm. Channing Tatum was fucking amazing. In the, oh, this was like the Channing Tatum that I remember. In Brad Pitt? So good. Uh, yeah. Uh, the cameo, incredible. I mean, Sandra Bullock is doing her best. Daniel Radcliffe's character, genius. Oh my God. I want to see him as a villain more often. Like this, yeah, this was such a great movie. Like I could watch this one like all the time. And the fact that we didn't rate it a gem is like, 
atrocious. It's, I will say this. It's a gem. I think borderline treasure. Borderline treasure. I think the only reason, if I remember correctly, and it's been a little while since I've seen this again, but like, I feel like there was a little bit that dragged in the middle, but other yeah. than that. You know what? I think that was a victim of like, we were at, and we still are, but really over the two hour long films, it should have been 90 minutes. This was two hours, wasn't it? Yes. It was like two. Pl- yeah. And I think it was that thing of like, we are like, this could have easily been 90 minutes. I think if they had taken a, a page out of Bullet Train, I yes. think this movie would have been better. I think if they had trimmed it down a little bit, it would have been better. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Shelf is too low. This is too yeah. low. Especially yeah. considering some of the other things we rated shelf. God, absolutely. This is, so taking Lost City. So let's let's recap really quick. Suicide Squad, episode six. Mm-hmm. I have upgraded from a gem to a treasure. Yes. You, in episode four, have taken Gunpowder Milkshake from a gem to a shelf. Mm-hmm. And we both have taken The Lost City, in episode 40, from a shelf to a gem. I want to go on the other side. We've, we've been fairly positive so far. Yeah. Here's what I think made this unbelievable, is when we took a movie like Lost City, rated it a shelf, and then a mere nine episodes later... <laughs> In episode 49, watch the movie fucking Spiderhead. Yeah. I, if you were to ask me about the plot of that movie or any quote from that. I barely remember. Barely remember. All I remember is that room that they were in. Yep. And what's this fuck? One of the Chris's. Miles Teller. Oh, either Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Hemsworth. I, I was like, I was going to say Pine. I was like, it's wrong. I was He's like, like the mastermind guy. Sitting in that glasses. fucking room with Miles Teller. That's all I fucking remember. I just remember is Miles Teller fucking that girl in the room. Oh, that's right. That did happen. Well, that's kind of it. Yeah. We both rated this a shelf. That's insane. Like, yeah. When I, I looked back at my notes and I saw that and I was like, shelf? Did, we, did but, we just want it to be better than it was? Did we just wish it was better? I almost feel like, because you know what? I looked back and I'm looking at the pattern. We had a lot of gins prior to this. And I almost feel like at the time we were like, oh, shelf seems appropriate because it's lower than a gym, and we've been rating a lot of things gyms, but it is a thousand percent a trash. It's trash. It's trash. You never need to watch if this movie. If someone came to me now and said, hey, I'm looking at this movie, like a Netflix, and like, I want to watch Spiderhead, I'd be like, why? No. I'd be like, why? Save your time. Just don't. Like, yeah. watch the trailer and say you watch That's it. one that's going to be lost to oblivion on Netflix. No one's ever going to remember Like, it's that. never going to pop up on their platform, like, again, unless you search for In it. In five years, you're going to be looking through Miles Teller or, like, you know, Hemsworth's IMDb profile and go like, fucking spy- what the fuck what is, is that? A, what is a spider head? Yeah. yeah what like, is that? Was that like a and street- you're going to watch it and you're going to be extremely disappointed. Like, spider head would have been a straight to DVD movie if that was like still a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, That's a movie you would make for a million dollars and try to pay everyone the minimum and get it shot in like two weeks. Chris and Miles's vacation money movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is like, I want to take the wife and kids on vacation. Yeah. Sure, I'll do it. I want to pay off the uh, the Malibu house. Like, yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's... And Miles was like, oh, I can buy more drugs with this. Or, or Miles and, is like, oh, I, yeah, I have time in between uh, my uh, indie film that I'm going to win a fucking uh, Globe for <laughs> yes. and the, the other film that's paying me like 15 million fucking dollars. Like that's. A hundred percent. A second one, Jane. Mm-hmm. And this one got me because I don't know what we were smoking. <laughs> and I don't know if we just really enjoyed some of the funny quips because there were so many fucking people in this. Mm. Episode 39. Maybe it's some of the episodes that ended nines. Maybe that's just is where that we're going bad now. Number? Mm. The bubble is what we reviewed. Ah, uh, yes. We both, Jane, agreed on this movie. <laughs> we talked about it at length. It was a, it was a lengthy episode. Yeah. We both agreed that this was middle of the road. This was a shelf movie. That's crazy. What do you remember from the bubble? I literally just remember Leslie Mann's finger being shot off. (laughs) 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 And I think Pedro Pascal trying to fuck that girl. I forgot Pedro Pascal was even in the fucking movie. Oh, that was like number one for me. Uh, I just remember uh, Judd Apatow's daughter running around and being doing the TikTok, a, being a, doing the TikTok, yes, and then being a little bit emo. And I think that was the only redeemable part for me about it was that she yeah. was trying to explain TikTok to a bunch of you know boomers, essentially. Yeah, I, I think 
there's definitely some fun and funny moments in it, but I think number one, it suffers from being very specific to a time period yes. when that was relevant, which is like... Wasn't this movie also three fucking hours long or it, some shit like that? Josh, it was so fucking long. It was long. so long. It was unnecessarily long. and I, Two and a half hours minimum. It was yeah, at I think least it was two and a half, half hours. It was at least two and a half hours. And on top of that, I just think like it had so much going on that you almost couldn't focus. Like, I just still think it's a funny movie, but like... I just don't think this is like memorable overall. And you know, it's funny when we were listening through to hear what our ratings were. I think at one point we were like, this movie is so quotable. Could not recall. Yeah, what we both, I would Jade quote something and she was like, I couldn't fucking I, tell you. I did the same thing. I was like, I don't. No clue. I, I can remember some moments that were funny, but no, no quotes. I, I also don't know anyone that's seen this movie. Like no one has <laughs> no, ever come up to me and no been like, I watched the bubble. Because again, it's literally so specific. It was filmed like, right during like COVID about fucking COVID. And it's also specific to Hollywood because it was actors yes. quarantining in their bubbles to create a film during COVID. And I feel like it. this was more for the actors of Hollywood to watch and enjoy than it was for like the every person. Yeah, I can yeah. that. Well, now so, that we've uh, downgraded, upgraded. So just to recap the last two, so Spiderhead, and the bubble we're both downgrading to trash so mm-hmm. sorry for any recommendations we made before if you miss out on them don't bother you're doing okay you're doing okay yeah movie review first look okay uh <laughs> should we uh, take a first look at our movie this week which is joyride and we just saw this it's in limited amount of theaters i will say very limited barbie the new Mission Impossible movie, Oppenheimer. as well as Oppenheimer, are sucking up everything else. And I will just have this to say, Jade, before I ask you for your opinion. I thought that they were doing this movie dirty by not giving it enough screen time. Mm-hmm. Same. And honestly, I think this should have been a streaming movie. Um, A hundred percent agree. I wanted this film to be really good and I wanted to do very well like we were both really disappointed when we found out there was like no showings I was like what the fuck like why would you do that this is like an all Asian female cast like you know we need to be like pushing this out more like people need to be going to see this and then after watching it I was like fuck yeah it just did not live up to the expectation that I had hoped and I think this actually would have done better if it was on streaming because I no, agree. no one's going really to theaters to watch this. But if this was on like Netflix or Prime, people would just watch it and turned it on and have been like, oh, okay. I think this has the possibility to turn into something once it's sold to a streaming platform. I believe so too. I think more people will talk about it and be like, oh yeah, that was kind of a funny movie once it's actually on a streaming platform. Well, we'll come back right after the break and try to give you an appropriate rating for this movie the first time. We're going to review the movie Joyride. It's now in theaters. And now, our feature presentation. Uh, you guys must be new to town, right? New to town, but not new to the country. We just moved from California. Oh, uh, we just wondered uh, if you wouldn't mind if your, your daughter played with our daughter. Audrey, say hi. You want to play slide? Mm-hmm. Slides off limits to Ching Chongs. <gasps> Fuck you. <laughs> Do you want to be best friends? Look at me, look at me, look at me now. Guess who's going back to the motherland? It's a big deal, going to your birth country. We used to talk about it all the time when we were little, remember? Grand adventure to find your birth mother. So proud of you. Perfect! Y'all calling me crazy. Be my translator in Beijing. Audrey, I got you. Cat lives there now. Your famous college roommate. You ready to lose to a celebrity? Dead Eye is coming, by the way. Dead Eye, your cousin? Hey, Audrey. Oh, hi. Hey. Dead Eye. Where did that come from? You know, I think I get it. I called the adoption agency and she lives in Haiching. Okay, will you guys come with me? Fuck yes, bitch. I love a grand adventure. Our movie this week is Joyride. It's streaming now. I shouldn't say it's streaming yet. <laughs> it is in a theater near you, and I imagine will be streaming very soon. 
This movie, because we were excited to see it, Jade. Yeah. Stars people like Ashley Park, Stephanie Sue, and also Sherry Cola, who I'd never really heard of before this film, who's a comedian, right? Yeah, she's like a writer, actress, comedian. Also, we get uh, Office alumni David Denman, Denman, yeah, and who's Roy for those who don't know, and also a alumni from Veep and the various other shows. Now, uh, Timothy Simons, who I actually kind of enjoyed in this. I didn't wasn't quite sure what he'd do, but he basically was Jonah two Yeah, you know, he did his Jonah thing. Uh, le- always, always funny. Less uh, conservative Jonah, a little more like. Jonah, when he goes to get a corporate job and takes a DEI course. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, what's interesting about this, Jade, is, you know, the director and some of the writers, we have director uh, Adelaide Lim, who also did things like the screenplay for Crazy Rich Asians and the screenplay mm-hmm. for Riot and the Last Dragon. Um, and then some of the writers as well. I'm not even going to attempt this. What, can you give me the pronunciation of the writer's name, Jade? Because I'm not going to attempt that. Cherry Shiva Pravat Dumrong. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. But she also, and Adele Lim. She also um, was the co-executive producer on Resident Alien and Orville. So a lot of the folks on this film really have a lot of acting credits to their name. I mean, of course, we've talked, I feel like, at nauseum about Ashley Park and Stephanie her, Shu. And Stephanie Shu, who are we both love and are phenomenal. Yes. Also, I, I don't want to leave out uh, Sabrina Wu, who, again, is another actress I hadn't really seen before this movie and i don't think really has a lot of acting credits to her name but it's definitely someone i think we'll see again like i think she stole scenes in this movie interesting you don't think so we'll get there Did I? <laughs> oh well, we might have different opinions about this movie forget uh, what i said earlier anyway jade let's dive right in what do you think was treasure about this movie Actually, you know what? Strike that. We usually start with trash. Let's go with trash. All right. Well, if we're going straight to trash, um, I'll just go right off the bat. Um, I hated Deadeye. Wow. So fucking annoying. Added nothing to the film. Also, not only that, but the whole time I felt uncomfortable because to me, I kept feeling like, are they supposed to be like autism coded like it to me it felt like they were supposed to be on the spectrum and if that was the case then some of the ways that they were treated and the way that they were kind of portrayed as well just felt icky to me like if someone's on the spectrum and sometimes their volume changes randomly and they can't really tell social cues or like they have difficulty connecting um then you know you don't play that up for laughs I just don't think that that's like. I'll agree with you to the extent. um, In Deadeye's character, I thought a tired trope is because you have online friends, you're a loser. Yes, exactly. And that's it's it's like you play video games, you have online friends, you're a loser, and I'm like, okay, that's not. Some of those people are like millionaires. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, that's mm. not really a thing anymore. Like, I have people I play with. Especially stuff. post-COVID. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and also, I don't feel like there's, all, like, I feel like there's, again, another trope where it's like, oh, you only have online friends and you've never met them and you, you know, they're not real friends and you're just making things up and you're a loser. Like, well, yeah. I do agree with that. Like, well, that not only that, tired. but it was just like that thing of like, literally it was just like the weird comedic relief that Deadeye brought to me was not funny. I was blown away that anyone was laughing in the theater. Like, wow. I'm sorry, but being like, oh, my God, are we best friends? I'm like, that, what <laughs> that, is this written by a 12-year-old? Like, the fuck? Like, can we elevate our humor a little bit? I'm sorry. That just, it it just bugged the shit out of me. I'm like, we could be a little bit smarter. We could be a little bit better. And if you're writing a character that is supposed to be on the spectrum, then let's have, like, a little bit more, like, class about it. I don't know. See, it was- I, I enjoyed the aspects that Deadeye brought in terms of, when they met her family and mm-hmm. some of the jokes that surrounded like sure, both that, interacting that with funny. an Asian family and interacting with just a family in general. Yeah. Like one of the, fu- I laughed out loud. I mean, I've been the only one, but one of the parts that I thought were great with dead. Eye was when they're playing or yeah, she's playing a card game with one of her younger cousins. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Ashley Park's character is like, Oh, what, what are you playing? Is this like a Chinese game? And she's like, no, uh, I just made this up so I can take all of their money. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, you lose a fucking gen. Yes, <laughs> like, and yeah, she yeah, just yeah. like slams Which, down a four. Speaking of gender 
pronouns with Deadeye as well. It's so subtle, but throughout the entire film, um, they are referred to as she, her. But at the very end, when they're all meeting in Paris, they refer to Deadeye as they. Oh. And so I'm like, okay. That makes sense for that character, I feel like. Yeah, so I'm like, that, which means like they're now non-binary. But I think it's so subtle to the point where it's like, you're not catching on. And so then it's hard because I'm like, okay, I want to refer to them by the gender that that character prefers, which by the end is they, but then the entire time they're being referenced as she, her throughout the film. So then I think it's hard to kind of readjust a little bit. And that's such a short period of time. And like, it's, I don't know. I just think like viewing that character, I don't know. I just, those little things, I'm like, all this could have been done way better. I, I, I think playing off of that, one of the biggest problems, I don't know if I can point to any individual character that I had like egregious, (laughs) problems with that i thought oh this is what's ruining the movie overall i think it was for me the construction of the movie itself yes and what i mean by that is look this is a great runtime this is a minute and a half or a minute and a half (laughs) hour and a half yeah really quick hour and a half film which i think was the perfect length for this type of a movie but it's still dragged for me in parts yes and i think the reason for that was one we didn't have in a sense of urgency, right? Like, yes, let's. I'm going to compare this to another film where you have four friends, right? Obviously, it's not The Hangover, but I think that's a good comparison because you have four guys that are on a mission, yeah. to do something, and insanity. And, yeah, there's occurs. hijinks. Yeah, ensues. this is kind of the same thing. You have four women, yeah. who are on a mission, but that that's the problem right there. And and what I'm saying is in The Hangover. We knew you had to find Doug. Yeah, that was that the entire was the time. Mission. Yeah. Find Doug. This one was first Ashley's character close the deal. needed to close the deal. Yep. Then she needed to find her birth mother. Yep. Then it became about friendship. Yeah, like preparing her friendship. And there was never I mean, yes, there were deadlines to things, but no pressing deadlines that couldn't be pushed. But even like, there was then, nothing that was... once we hit the deadline, nothing devastating actually no. happened. I mean, actually, it kind of did, but yeah. we saw that it never really affected the characters. It didn't like, change. Well, then it didn't she change gets fired, anything. And then we're like, oh my God, that's devastating. But then like, that doesn't really affect her life. No, because... Then her you... friendship falls apart, and that doesn't really affect her life. Yeah. And we're like, I, I don't understand what... I'm so confused. What's my motivation for yeah. watching? And... My biggest problem, too, in in talking about it being fragmented, is they would get into a pace in this movie Mm -hmm. where I was like, wow, I'm really enjoying the jokes. Like, there'd be some, I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, there's some really funny moments. They're hitting a moment here. They're hitting, like, a a back and forth, a banter, and then it would just end abruptly to drive home another plot point. Like, I could watch the scenes being cut. I was like, okay, we are in the bar. Now we must move to the train. Here yeah. we go to the train. We are in the train. Now we must go to like the next hotel. Yeah. And it just kept going like yeah. that. Well, that's the thing is they kept setting up these scenarios that we would run through so quickly that you were like, oh, oh okay, that was all the time we were going to spend in that like narrative. You know, like it didn't build up enough to like make it more memorable, you know? And but then I think a good example of that, uh, if you don't mind if I interrupt, the the. Oh, wow, a man interrupting. You do, a man interrupting. It's <laughs> classic Ken. This is uh, microphone Ken. He does mm. microphone. Yeah, podcast Ken. <laughs> the drug scene, right? I think is a good example of that. Yes. Because that could have been something I think could have woven through the entire movie or been extended to a point yes. that made it even funnier than it was. Absolutely. So like, you know, when they get on the train, they get in with this like little white girl. Well, Ashley Park's character, because she thinks that, oh, she's going to be so sweet. Turns out obviously she's a drug dealer. Of course, like, everyone oh my else God, is you're like, American. Like yeah. they, they show her going into two different other different cars, train cars and, and they're all Asians. And she's like, with, like Chinese couples. Ew. And she's like, I don't know, they look sketchy. And then of course she goes in with a little like white blonde girl, American. And she's like, oh my God. And everyone else is like no she looks sketchy as fuck <laughs> they're and all, all sketchy yeah they're Have like been in that situation jade where like your one friend who is like insistent on something and like it doesn't everyone else is like, like this isn't, isn't aware isn't aware yeah, and like everyone like, else is like this is not a good situation not good. Yeah. So you just go with it anyway and you're like this is gonna end poorly oh my god yeah well and it's the thing is so like and i mean if you've seen the trailer you'll see this exact scene when basically she is a drug dealer she gets them all involved and basically 
consuming and shoving a bunch of drugs inside themselves. <laughs> so they end up getting kicked off the train because of it. But then it literally goes nowhere because they yeah, they're high for like a minute. And then by the time they get to the hotel, they're like, fine. And that never goes anywhere. I'm like, or it would have been funnier if they got kicked off somewhere and then they had to explore the city. With the drug dealer. With the drug dealer, high as fuck, trying to figure out how to like get in for like get back to where they need to go while still being off their goddamn rocker or even if they got arrested for a hot minute like yes and like sat in jail would it have been funnier if the basketball team who picks them up had to pick them up from jail jail? like bail them out yes instead of just off the side of the road well and then see with the basketball team they do this whole runner where like all the girls end up basically like fucking all the guys and then but they all get injured during these like sex capades and then they leave the next morning they're like oh thanks for injuring half my team but the way they go about it it's like so over the top in a way that doesn't even make sense like it's like slap again i think that's just another trope like we get slapstick to the 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 raunchy comedy to the point of just being a trope and not being funny it's like anymore. Goofy, goofy, not funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. where you're like, what the fuck am I watching at this point? Like, yeah. had they just leaned a little bit more into a slight realism of the situation, I think you would have read better, you know, versus but, like, it almost felt like a cartoon to me. And I think too, because we just saw a great example of a raunchy comedy, which is... Uh, no, no hard feelings. No, I almost said no strings attached. I'm like, nope, that's not the right yeah, one. No yeah, hard no feelings. hard feelings. Which we know that type of humor can be done without going over the top or getting too silly or goofy, like actually staying in the moment, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. It yeah. Just... Well, and then too, like, I'm like, what, What? like you said, like, what is this supposed to be? Like, the idea is that she's supposed to close this deal with this businessman in China. He decides that they can't close the deal until he meets her mother because her friend tells him that her birth mother is here in China. So she's like, well, fuck, now we have to go on this journey to find my birth mother. We have to bring her to this dinner with him on friday and then none of that ever happens and then he's like finds out that she lied to him and he's like this deal's off and their boss is like you're fired which by the way who the fuck would fire someone over this it's kind of I, mean, I, I get not closing the deal like it sure. would have been better if she didn't make partner because that yes, was what was on the table exactly. she was gonna, she was make, gonna partner. make partner she did it would have been like i'm sorry but you're never like, this caught you part it would have yeah. been more sensitive if you'd been like you're never going to make partner. partner here. Yeah, yeah, here. Like, like you, you still have yeah. a job, but you're never going to make partner. Exactly. Like, take that off the table. And then, like, even with, like, the the businessman, when she, he was like, oh, like, you lied to me. I was like, this feels too, like, this is just a quick shutting of the door. Like, there was no, like, conversation or explanation. Like, it, you know, like, she could have easily been, like, because he didn't know. She could have been like, I was adopted. I actually don't know her. I've been on yeah. a journey to meet my birth mother this entire time. I'm really sorry that this unfortunate incident occurred. But like, this is what happened. But like, we didn't get any of that. And then even when she does go to finally find her birth mother, it's like through this roundabout series of events where they're like, actually, you're Korean. And actually, she's in this city. And now you have to go alone because you're in a fight with your friend. But she's actually dead. But then you find her husband who just happens to have a video that she recorded specifically for you to watch. And then nothing else happens. I think that was also for me. Like, her... There's too much going on, right? Like, too many many points that never got resolved. But... If the whole movie had been focused on her actually finding her birth parents, exactly, if that, that would have been a was, more impactful moment. Yep. Her meeting the husband and watching of her that video, mother. yeah, I would have been more emotional. I would have been, I would have been like, we finally did it. We finally got to where we were going. And not only that, but like to me, the essence of the film is about identity and understanding who you are because she grows up and with a white family she's told she's chinese because she was adopted in china so she's trying to figure out who she is is you know raised by white americans she's not exactly white enough because she's like asian but she's actually not asian or chinese enough because she doesn't fit into that culture but when she finds out she's actually korean she's like who the fuck am i right and i think what bothers me too is there's no resolution to that it's not like she goes oh my god you know what i got fired from my job it's time for a new start i want to be in china or i want to be in In korea Korea. or i want to come home yes and start like a cultural center yes you know i want to join a cultural center discover my identity i think that would have made more sense to me and been like oh Oh my god she has evolved as a character what she should have done is because she's a lawyer is gone to korea learned how to practice law in korea and helped the adoption process that would have made more sense because literally the story was that 
apparently teenage like teen Korean mothers who get pregnant would be sent to China to be cared for and have their baby before they came back home to Korea so that no one there knew that they were pregnant as a teenager and I was like wouldn't it be so great if she started some sort of like legal like clinic program to like help with these and you still could have made it funny like you still could have made it funny but like had that warm fuzzy feeling and then they could have done their girls trip at the end for the second year and done all that stuff it would have been great and brought it back but all she does is start a law firm back home and I'm like okay great great that's cool I guess I don't know yeah like yeah there was no like really true central plot there was no like follow through on it we didn't get like a real resolution everything just kind of like cut off and then wrapped up so quick yeah yeah well let's let's change gears Jade what was treasure for you about this film um, so like I said, I mean, there were definitely some really funny moments. I think they managed to make the journey as as kind of crazy and silly as it was, at least like make some sense in terms of like the kind of series of unfortunate events they face, you know, like the whole like they their luggage got stolen so then they don't have passports. So then they have to like cross over into Korea, like when in the little chicken thing on like a cargo <laughs> ship and like um, you know, just those like little stupid silly moments I thought were really fun. The K pop thing was like both hit and miss. I definitely thought it was like fun and funny, but it also just made absolutely no sense. I think another moment that didn't go far enough. I think if they yes. dove it, more into it, yeah. it would have been funny. Had they really pushed the envelope with absolutely. it, I think it could have been funny, but because they did and it fell flat and you were like where was that supposed to go? But you know, I, I loved the the vagina tat. That was a that was a runner that I thought worked really really well, and especially the whole story between Stephanie Shu's character and the fact that she's pretending to be a virgin with her very Christian husband. Only she's uh, like fiance. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Fiance. Um, except that she's actually like a giant whore, and I was like, that's great. That's funny. I- and that's right. I think they they just needed more cohesion between mm-hmm. the jokes and more follow through jokes. I think there was yeah. a lot of great ideas in the writers' room mm-hmm. that just made it into scenes. And I think if this was something that was broken up like an SNL skit, it would be hilarious. Yeah. But together in the movie, it just didn't. They weren't able to make the connections yes. to make it good. But I agree. There were some great fucking moments in this film, like. Even just right off the beginning, as you know, you're watching this scene where a white couple is approaching the oh. only Asian couple in the entire community. Yep. And they're going, Hi, are you Chinese? And immediately the mom, you know, Very the, the Asian mom jumps yeah. up and she's like, yeah, perfect English. Oh, yeah. Not, not even an accent goes, Yes, we are Chinese, but we're from Sacramento and we just moved here and we speak English and we're from California. We were born there. Like, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, we just want our daughter to play with yours. And they're like, why? Because she's the only Asian? Like, because she's smart or something like that? Yeah. No, no, no. Like, our daughter's Asian. And they're like, oh. Yeah, because our daughter's Chinese. And they're they're like, and I think there's some funny cultural moments that weave its way into this movie that are. Both funny, but educational, because I think... Yeah, absolutely. You know, for a lot of folks, I know for me, I grew up around Asian families, but I didn't always understand some of those cultural differences or some of those nuances. Like, even the moments where I love this, Jade, where you would have both families, as they were growing up, sitting next to each other, like, in a living room, and in one of the nights they had the other family over, you know, the white family with Ashley Park's character, they're like, oh, yeah. oh my god, sandwiches! Yeah, hug and sandwich. they're like, hug sandwich! And they're like doing this thing, and, and like, the other family, the Asian family, is like looking around like, like oh what white, the fuck? And then they go, white, white, people. white people. And I'm like, Absol- yeah. absolutely. Like, but like that's even funny. internal Asian like racism and oh, stereotypes as like well. Like Koreans versus Japanese versus Chinese? Well, like, yeah, because yeah. remember when they, they first arrived in the airport in China, like, um, the like, the rest of the people who are, like, more familiar with the culture break it down to Ashley Park's character and they explain the difference between the kind of stylizations and cultures of like even the different areas of China so they're like oh this is what like Shanghai people are like and Hong Kong people are like and Taiwanese people and then she points over to one group she was like oh like what about them and they're like um they're they're Koreans (laughs) like how fucking dare you and like even one of them says like something that's frankly racist that's like oh you can kind of tell because all their faces look the same I was like Jesus fucking Christ well and then like later when Ashley Park's character finds out that she is actually Korean and then like Lolo's 
Chinese family is kind of like, oh, oh. Yeah, I knew her face looked too like too round, round or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're all like, oh, I can't believe I gave you my, you know, traditional dress. Like you should be wearing a hung back and like, like all these other things. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. But like, but that is like a very real thing that, you know, it's just an interesting take on another culture that I think is eye opening. And I, and I will yeah. say that I think that's what's treasure for me about this. It's as much as I think this movie could have been better. I think that it's great movies like this are being made yes, because it shows a different perspective, even if it's not a treasure of a film. Yeah. I mean, even just like taking certain cultural things and, and adding the same humor that we apply to like our stuff as white Americans, you know what I mean? Like the, the slap game. Oh my like God. Chinese business, which oh I, my think, God. I believe is real, right? Isn't that a real thing? I have to imagine it probably is. I think it is. And just the fact that like it was added in and they took it to the level that they did. I honestly wanted more slapping. There wasn't enough slapping for me. That should have been another follow through joke. That should have been the something that lasted yeah. much longer than it did. Yes. I wanted people to be going for like 20 minutes doing it. Until, I wanted someone to have a black eye at the end. I wanted someone to be like actually hurt. I wanted to see a giant fucking red handprint on the side of yes. both those women's faces by the end. Yeah. And I wanted them to have that for like the whole night. Well, Jade, who do you think had the best performance out of this entire cast? This for me actually was Sherry Cola. Really? Um, Wow. I know, which is crazy. Like, because I think Ashley Park obviously is making a name for herself. Like, I think she's a standout from Emily in Paris. Obviously, Stephanie Hsu was nominated for an Oscar. Um, She was absolutely incredible and everything of her all once and also Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But I think Sherry's performance felt honest and real every step of the way there were some moments where some of the other actresses characters felt a little too caricature like a little too over the top like almost cartoonish to me whereas sherry's performance always felt grounded and i felt like she owned her character as well like this sex positive a little like off the cuff kind of like goofy but like I felt like all her scenes still felt real to me, you know? You know, I, I want to sit here and make an argument for Ashley Park or Stephanie Sue mm-hmm. because I think in their own right, they're each amazing, phenomenal actresses. I mean, we've talked at nauseum, yeah. especially about Stephanie Sue and everything everywhere at once, acting opposite Jodie Foster and acting opposite... Um, Holy crap, I can't remember her name right now uh, off the top of my head from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao. I mean, held her own, which I think is amazing in that film. But you're right. Like, neither one of them, I I don't feel like they either had the correct lines, scenes, or just character motivation right. to really have a standout performance, mm-hmm. you know? I will say just from a perspective of not knowing who she was, Sabrina Wu... Mm-hmm. I felt like had a few moments where I was like, wow, I'm only entertained by what she's doing in this scene right now. Like even with the dead eye scene where they're like, why are you called dead eye? And she just deadpans into the yes. camera with no looks. And they're like, I, I get it. I think but I get it. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Sherry Cola, Sherry Cola for me is what I want Aquafina to be in most movies. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. It's comedic and interesting and funny and well acted without for lack of a better term, being fucking obnoxious sometimes. Yes, agreed. It's that she has this, like, leveled, likeness to her where, like, again, she feels like she can hit those those comedic, like, notes, like that that, that timing that you need, but without feeling like, again, it's, like, not over the top, not... And not feeling forced. Yes, yes. That's what it is. It's not feeling forced, which Mm -hmm. I think is hard to do with a dry sense of humor sometimes. Absolutely. Well, Jade, any... Before we go into our rating, any quotes that stuck out to you? Yeah, quite a few. Funny enough, I feel like the vast majority were in the trailer, um, <laughs> you know. But I, I do love when we very first meet Cat, uh, and um, that's Stephanie Shu's character, and Lolo is very jealous of her. So Audrey's like, you know, you're both actually ha- you both actually have a lot in common. You're both very sexually. And Lolo finishes and says, "Free." She's like, she blew Nick and Joe Jonas, and then she's like, Lolo's <laughs> like, not Kevin, not, not impressed. impressed. <laughs> I like this one where it's where Audrey, who's Ashley Park's character, character getting uh, hammered in the <laughs> club as they're doing the business meeting with the uh, Chinese businessman. And she goes, they're talking about, you know, do they speak English or do they speak, you know, Mandarin and, you know, what language, how many languages? Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
I'm just a garbage American who only speaks English and uh, a little Gollum. Uh, and actually, is this? Wait, this is when they're. With, this is when they're basketball players. Yeah, she's yes, at the I'm bar sorry. and she's I talking misspoke. to the yeah. They're, in the, they're she's speaking at the bar with the basketball players and she's like, "I'm just a garbage American who only speaks English and a little Gollum." Uh, my precious, <laughs> my filthy hobbit says, "Do you guys have that here?" And Kenny's like, "The Lord of the Rings." Yeah, yeah, we we have it here. It, it it's all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Oh my god uh so in direct correlation to the last quote so this is when, so cat and her fiance clarence again like he doesn't know about her sexual past so she's pretending to be a virgin so lolo is like wait 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 wait. you two have never had sex and cat's like our connection is based on spiritual not physical intimacy and lolo's like did you have a spiritual connection when the jonas brothers were eiffel towering you and then clarence who like doesn't understand is like oh my god that's so funny he's like i love, I love paris. paris and audrey's <laughs> like right yeah this is one this is why one of the reasons I think that the drug scene could have been funnier as a through line or something where the drug dealer keeps popping up throughout the Oh, movie. she would have been so like almost like Chang from um oh, hung, like hung, Hangover. Hangover. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so they had obviously stuffed some drugs inside their bodies, uh, as some of them. So Kat <laughs> had done this uh, instead mm-hmm. of taking all the drugs. <laughs> so her and Lolo are going I can't, she's basically complaining she can't find all the drugs and she's trying yes. to pull them out. And she goes, stick your hand. Lolo goes, stick your hand up there like a claw machine trying to get the stuffed bear. And Kat goes, okay, okay. And Lolo goes, get that bear. And she goes, I'm trying to get the bear. I'm trying to get the bear. <laughs> oh my God, well, that, that same seat. Audrey's like, Kat, honey, are you good? Did you get the Coke bags out? She's like, yeah, but only seven. And I think I put an eight. And she's like, just push, pull. I mean, twist it. And she's like, it's not a bop it. It's my asshole. <laughs> I mean, that stuff just, I don't know, like, that stuff was, I don't know, oh, funny. God. It was just funny. I, I do funny. have to, yeah. my favorite line, Okay. absolutely, from the whole thing, is basically they're all giving Audrey shit um, for being, like, racist, and that's why they got kicked off the train, and Audrey's like, I'm not a racist, and Lola's like, you don't like Boba, and you never fucked an Asian guy, and Kat's like, damn, still? And Audrey's like, when I masturbate, I sometimes fantasize about Splinter. He's Asian. Lola's like, he's a rat. Audrey's like, he's a good good father. father. That's the one I was missing. (laughs) He's a good father. Father. Not Asian. I did absolutely die at that line. I was like, that's a really fucking good one. Well, Jade, where do you rate this uh, film? (laughs) All right, well, now looking back at how we've been rating things, I I don't want to miss here. I think, honestly and truly, it's a trash. Oh, I know. See, I, I think it's going to sound harsh, but I don't think this is something that is just going to get better with time like some of these films can. I think I'm glad it was made, and I think this is going to continue to push movies like this forward, um, and I think this is still a much needed film, but as far as like personally, do I think it was the quality that I think it should have been? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to might regret this because I was thinking uh, shelf, but I think it's trash. Yeah. I think it's also trash. But it's also a trashy movie I would throw on if it was free on streaming. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like it most likely will come out on Netflix. Yeah. It's Lionsgate or Hulu. I feel like the two of them purchase this stuff all the time. I would watch this. Watch again. it. I think you're still going to have a fun time. Like, you know, I still think it's it's an easy watch. You can, like, throw it on and do something else. I will say the reason that I think you should watch this is because I'm not necessarily excited for this movie. I'm excited for the movie they're going to make after yes, this. Yes, which means it is kind of important to show that people are watching because then it shows the studios that like these types of films should are be worth made. yeah, and they're worth being into. made. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and like I said, I think that they have the elements for a great movie and I hope to see these writers and directors and creators make that next movie absolutely well that was our review of joyride it's now in theaters oh hi so nice to see an american what do you do for work mm-hmm. it's the cops are doing a back check oh my god you're a drug dealer ah! you're a drug dealers now bitches what the fuck is that a condom we can't get caught with drugs in china we'll get jailed for life never come to China. People are always thinking that I have this perfect life. I don't belong anywhere. If you do not know where you come from, how do you know who you are? We 
could still find her. Our passports are in my suitcase that got stolen. You know who can bypass the airport security? K-pop stars. Everyone remember their names? Sassy. Cutie. Lisa. Lisa, too. Once again, our movie this week was Joyride. You can see it in theaters, and I'm sure pretty shortly. You'll be able to see it on streaming. Yeah. So if you want to wait, that's fine. Go see, you know, go see Barbie. It's, yeah. yeah. If you want to see more movies like that made too. So, <laughs> Weekly Watches. And I've actually been watching quite a few things hmm. recently. You know what yeah. I binged based on what you want to your recommendations? <gasps> oh. Class of 07. Yes. It's great. I can't wait for another season. I know. It's so good. It's like that perfect kind of like post-apocalyptic, like, yeah funny kind of crass humor that where not everyone's supposed to be good at everything and it's australian which kind of makes it weird and a little bit foreign so you're kind of learning something honestly like even a little darker than what you thought as well because i think they throw around the word cunt a lot more so yeah i think it's cool you're like it makes it you're like wow this is way more edgy than (laughs) as an american like australians are like that's fucking tuesday yeah they're like yeah that's just like Saying like hello. Maybe they can say that just on TV. But yeah, I definitely recommend Class of 07. Mm-hmm. Funny. It's great too. It's only like 10 episodes and it's 30 minute episodes. Yeah. You it's fly great. right through them. Yeah. You sit down, did it in a weekend. It was fun. Just yeah. Just kind of there. Yeah. What else have you been watching, Jade? Uh, so season two of Minx just came out. It is now on its new home on Stars. Ugh, I hate it because I don't have Stars, Jade. And I know. I, I never thought I should get Stars. I'm I just, mean... Yeah, there's not much on stars. I think the shining ones for me are blind spotting, of course, um, and then now minks, and that's really kind of it. They do get some good new movies, but um, HBO fucked up letting go of minks. God, they uh, Discovery, uh, Warner Brother, whatever. HBO. Yeah. So Jane, uh, verdict? How is it? great first start to the season i think they did a really good job of coming right off of where they ended last season and immediately kind of starting to find the resolution to that and then starting the new kind of the new thing that we're going the new journey for this season which is great sometimes i hate when they're like still trying to figure out what happened in the first season you know what i mean and i'm like how long is this going to fucking drag on? Can we move on to the next thing? Mm-hmm. And they have. And I'm like, mm, great. Do you, I have to ask your opinion on another show that just started up uh, again. I why, hmm. do I, why do I forget the, where it is? I think the, it's on Apple TV Plus. Oh. The After Party, season yes. two. Mm-hmm. What? Before I give my thoughts, because I don't want to taint the waters here. Ah. What is your opinion of this season compared to season one? Definitely not as good. Mm. I think it feels a little slower and like less i think almost like comedic in a way in this weird weird way so there's some things that they've done well so far i do still love the kind of stylization of each episode based around the character's story um i think they've done a great job with that but i think what's missing for me this season that's not working was in season one Number one, I felt like there was more pressure because it was police who were investigating it and they had to do it in one night because they were basically like, there's all these people there, they're all suspects and they're also all witnesses. So Tiffany Hash as a detective was like, I don't want to release anyone because if they are the murderer or whatever, they can just you know make a run for it. So she's like, and... Or, you know, they may not come back to give statements. So she's like, I want to take everyone's statement and hear from everyone about what happened that night. And then that's the story, you know. And then every episode, someone's telling us what happened in that one night together. And she was also under the gun because her superiors were going to show yes. up and take that case away. away so from she her. wanted to solve it before they came. So we yes. always had a deadline we were working against. Yes. Th- there's no sense of urgency in this episode. No. Which and is weird because I'm like, there's just a dead body. There's a dead body and no one's called the actual cops yet. That's the weird thing. But yes. also, what's weird about this is because it happens at a wedding everyone's coming from a different location and also mm-hmm. because the wedding venue itself is so large you're not just caught in one house or one room yes people are traveling from place to place so yes at times their stories overlap but you almost hear a new story each time yes, so because everyone's also talking about their relationship leading up to the wedding rather yes. than this series of events happening at the wedding like i want to know from the moment you drove up to the venue, 
Like that's when I want the story to start. Like sure, give a little bit of backstory, but I felt like every episode it's like, these are how these two people met. And this is the story of how these two people met. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that. Get to the goddamn wedding. Like, because, yeah, because also in the first season it was like more about, um, finding the plot holes in people's stories, right? The, the, the gaps of like, this is not lining up. And this one's harder because there's there's fewer areas of overlap. Exactly. And instead, they're like more on like an evidence-based mission. I will say to give, to give it props, I do think they spent a little more budget on the storytelling this year. Yes. And I mean, I mean, they basically did a whole recreation in I think episode two oh, of so Pride good. and Prejudice. Yeah. Which was amazing. Well, and they did a whole like film noir and then this last one was basically Wes Anderson. <laughs> I mean, I think they've done a very good job of bringing those types of film styles to each episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jade, one more thing I want to say is, excuse me, I'm yawning now. Uh, one more thing I want to say is uh, I took another one of your recommendations and start, although I know I'm going to be disappointed because I know the show is canceled. Yeah. Amazon Prime started watching The Wilds. Mm-hmm. I will say, I remember that when it was hot when it first came out. And I'm not going to say hot. It was known. Yes. That show is vastly underrated. I know. Vastly underrated. And it's yeah. a shame. I, I was reading up on it. The the story creator, the showrunner, had a four season arc yes. that they wanted to do. Oh, I know. There was a whole thing that just why it's so disappointing. It should get picked up. Season just, two gets cut off. Someone else should order the last two. This is, this is a perfect show for Netflix to pick yeah. up and say, I'll do the last two seasons. I agree because... I am so fascinated by the story that they're trying to tell itself. Like, you think this is just another classic, like, survivalist tale, right? Like, people stranded on, you know, whatever, deserted island type bullshit. But it's it's got a little twist to it that I think is very interesting. And I think it plays into so much more, like, psychologically than yeah. I think you, like, are and aware. To me, it's a direct riff, too, on parents that send their kids to those wilderness camps Ugh, you know what i'm talking about yes. where they kidnap you and like it's like wild. what paris hilton went to it's wild that we let that shit happen in america like it's fucking yeah, wild to me. i mean that, that to me is on par with like those uh you know conversion camps for yes. they send gays kids to like the trauma Ugh. that those kids must go through all this fucking shit wild should to be me. fucking illegal it, absolutely it should be illegal your parents permission bullshit these are still human beings oh my god that's a whole diatribe can you imagine being kidnapped and i don't know it's weird you're basically held there against your will will. and all this bad shit is happening to you and you're like trying to call your parents and tell them and they're like no this is going to be good for you like they take away your cell phone they don't let you yeah weird terrible anyway uh any any other recommendations uh before we wrap it up Yeah, you know, I mean, just season five of What We Do in the Shadows, because the show continues to be great. Nice. Um, got a little malignant reference in there. I didn't know how that <laughs> could even happen. Um, I just started watching season three of The Witcher. Still lost, but, you know, it, I'm I'm getting there. Jade, I'm glad it's not just me. So the uh, this it would have been part a couple two, days ago. Part two three. just dropped, so I haven't started watching that yet. I'm going to, obviously. I, I don't know what it is, Jade. <laughs> I love high fantasy shows. Like, it's one of my things. I grew up reading... You know, Lord of the Rings and even, you know, Narnia and all that stuff. But this show, I am continuously having to stop and like remember who characters are and what their motivation is. Because they'll have these in-depth one-off conversations and I'm like... Who the fuck are you? And why is this important? This is how I felt about Game of Thrones. Oh, no. See. Listen. No. Can't share that opinion. I love high fantasy. Okay. So I was a huge lover of high fantasy. I read, watched, followed a lot of it. And I just feel like as I get older, (laughs) I'm like, I I don't think this is an old thing. I think this is a Witcher thing. No, it's not just The Witcher because I can do Wheel of Time. I can do Lord of the Rings, can, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. It's oh, all getting. This is just, a you thing, Jade. No, <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one here. I think it's sometimes it has just been so much time on world buildings to keep introducing so much yes. shit that you start losing the fucking plot. And I'm like, what? What are we doing? We're even like Shadow and Bone. I struggled with, and I was like, okay. Actually, I, I will just, say season two of Shadow and Bone, yeah. I did struggle where well, I was like, so what much happened? lore and so yes. many rules that they're trying to explain to you about how this world works that sometimes you get lost in like what it is you're actually supposed to be focusing on, which is like the primary storyline. I think that's one of the biggest failures with high fantasy is you need the rules reinforced to you 
every single season when you're not doing a movie. Yeah. When it's not a movie and it's a TV series, I Mm -hmm. need to be reintroduced again to what are the rules of this place? Why does this matter? And like, that should just be the first two episodes is trying to reintroduce me to what's happening rather than just diving into the plot like nothing happened. Take it back to the 90s. Give me a little screen that says like, number one. In this world, uh, you can and can't do this. Th- Number two, yeah. this and these and these people are fighting over this land. Number three, this war has been going on for three thousand years. That you know yeah, what? You know why? You, you know why? Because it's always the high fantasy shows yes. that do a shitty fucking recap. Yeah, they're always like, "Oh, hey, uh, this thing Remember happened." This You're like, "Scene for point kind two seconds." Of, but can you explain that to me for one minute? Nope. On to the next scene. You're like, You're like what, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Take take it old school. Like, I used to love that shit in, in, in movies before. Like when they would do that, I'm like, oh, thank God. Jade, I've already binged the whole first half of The Witcher. Yeah. I Still I couldn't tell you remember. anything that happened. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that show. I paced myself. So now I'm going to be following right into <laughs> part two. Because I know myself and I would have been in the same boat. I'd have been like... I, don't even recall. Yeah. Well, Jade, uh, while we just have a couple minutes here, what are we going to watch next week? We are... I actually don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to watch the Netflix film. I I ask you like I don't know. The Netflix film. Oh, yeah. They cloned Tyrone. Yes. We went back and forth on a few movies here. I think that's why I got Yeah. We were like, what are we going to watch here? I am holding out hope for this because Netflix has let me down a few times. Mm -hmm. But I believe in Jamie Foxx. Well, we have a great cast. We have like Jamie Foxx, John Boyega, Tayana Paris, and... This look it looks like the stylization of the film is very up my alley. Like I love like black exploitation, seventies, like like, also just any they said it's like conspiracy theory, like based on conspiracy theories. I'm like, that's my fucking jam. I will read all the conspiracy theories and I will like kind of like jokingly believe all of them which i i wish the only thing if i ever wish if i were to come back again that i would be a person that could actually believe in conspiracy theories i i want to be that that person that so interesting it must be amazing like you know the one i always hold on to jade mark zuckerberg's a lizard person oh that that is the two that i hold on to mark zuckerberg is a lizard person Mm mm-hmm the birds are robots that were replaced by ronald reagan and they work for the bourgeoisie that that one gets me every time every time like this that's what i love about conspiracy theories yeah. they're so out there they're so yeah. wild and when some of them sound like that i'm like i don't know it kind of sounds fun like i know wholeheartedly it's not real but it kind of is just fun to yeah. just play into it yeah. yeah whenever whenever i say the birds work for the bourgeoisie and people don't laugh i judge them immediately oh god I, that's your, like, that's your test right there litmus test we are not friends yeah like we, ooh. We can't be friends if you do not see I dealt with the Mark Zuckerberg lizard person thing. Yeah. If anyone brings up Facebook or him, I just go, oh, it's because he's a lizard person. Yes. Like, they don't immediately go, like, uh, absolutely. You agree. Or they yeah. don't say that when I was human. I mean, yeah. I am human. When I was human. And yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. And I brought that up to people and some, they don't even know the lizard person theory. And I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. What lives people live. I know. Yeah. Mm, must be nice. Neurotypicals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jade, for uh, all those out the uh, lizard people and non-lizard people alike, uh, where yeah. can they find us between now and next week? You guys can find us on all of our socials. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as Our Taste is Trash. And you can also find us on our website, OurTasteIsTrash.com. Come back next week when we review our movie, which is They Cloned Tyrone. is streaming now on Netflix. Come back. To get ourselves a treat.